podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello, you miserable bastards, and welcome to a two-person Misery Hunters podcast. You'll be joined by me, Mark Jardin, and on, I suppose, on my left and right is Sam Smith. Hello. We're the last men standing, Sam. It's just us. Aye. I, I brought a mean barely, because you're absolutely shattered, and I've had the cold for a week, so aye. But... Yeah, it should be fun for everyone. Uh, I don't think I... we were expecting four resignations off the Misery Hunters board in such a short space of time, but here we are. We'll have elections <laughs> shortly to get folk on. Uh, make your case, especially ex-board members, uh, ex-owners of stuff, yeah. clubs especially, you can all join in as well. I for one look forward to Stuart Gilmer taking over the Dave Cormack section at the end of every podcast. Stuart Gilmore, shite takes. <laughs> can do that now if we wanted. Um, we can talk about all of that in time if we want to, but until then, we've got a a terrible defeat in the capital to to try and talk about for at least some period of time. We were uh, we were both there. I was I was up with the the big wigs, you know, you know, as a I don't want to call myself a club employee, but I had my St. Man tie on. Oh, we basically you know. are club employees. Yeah, in with the in with the suits. Um, I, I was sharing a row with uh, with Michael Stewart. I was sitting behind Peter Martin while he did his wee vlog for Please Soccer. Uh, sitting next to Craig Fowler with the terrace and his new top knot. You know, I, I was, I was in the middle of of things. Were you? Were you in the middle of things? Were you next to the same amount of luminaries as me? Uh, a Derek Super fan, two rows in front of me. You win. And I that that's about it, really. To be honest, were you in fancy dress? Uh, I was not. I had, I yeah. uh, just did the, the normal attire on. Some of the fancy dress outfits were fucking superb, but especially Matt Man's uh, Hulk Hogan effort. That's probably my. I, ha- I haven't seen that actually. We um. Matt, Matt Man had the full like uh, he had a stick on moustache and everything. It was a muscle suit. It was really good. I mean, the, the guy who had the the Donald Trump mask, which really looked like Donald Trump, but also looked like Mike Myers' mask as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was pretty good. I liked that. Where um where we were sitting to do the commentary was right up, literally back row against the against the shutters right up at the back of the the main stand above the dugouts. But we could see the the summer corner from where we were, and we were we spoke about it on on comms. We were trying to pick out all the fancy dress outfits, but you could only really see the kind of big and bold ones. So that there was a ketchup bottle. I thought, yeah, hey, uh, there was mustard, yeah, beans. Yeah, tin of beans. Saw a traffic cone. Uh, sausage roll down the round. I think he's called it Jimmy Savile uh, on the on the mic. I take it, bro. No, no, I don't think so. Don't think Although the guy mentioned. who looked like Jimmy Savile, he did. I mean, the tracking, the chains were spot on. The big cigar, brilliant. But the wig really reminded me of Frank McAvenny's. Uh, <laughs> would you call it only an excuse character? The less uh, the less we say, the the better. I think. Uh, Aye, I'm not, I'm not even saying it. <laughs> no, that's, 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 you, you'll have to join the pitch in to get us to talk about that kind of stuff. Although, um, after the third goal went in, again, we did mention it, we looked over and the one crowd was starting to empty out and there was just one really sad-looking traffic cone left <laughs> in the middle of the stairs. <laughs> thought if Alan Pickens down there and gets a picture of that, that's that's the picture of the season right there. Yeah, clearly some of the, some of the boys, for, uh, I'd imagine they felt absolutely minging on Sunday. Yeah, God. a couple I, of well-earned hangovers. Some of the states uh, that they rolled into the ground in were, were bad, really, really, really bad, but fair play to them. They enjoyed themselves. Yeah. I never heard of a stone called Sober had to watch all 93 minutes of it. Yeah, imagine that, but also having to talk about it and not being allowed to swear or say what you thought about Oh, certain, I've done that. I've certain done individuals. Aye. <laughs> Commentary is, for everybody listening, commentary is absolutely brilliant when you win a game. Commentary when you're getting absolutely horsed <laughs> with with no intent to get back into the game at all. 
that's that's bad. It's hard. But uh, fair play, he's for managing to fill up with twenty minutes full of shite uh, requests with Tommy at the end. <laughs> I was listening to the to the feed earlier on to try and pull out a couple of clips for stuff. Um, and I didn't. I, I just got to the third goal and then had to to stop what I was doing. So I didn't get quite to the the last twenty minutes. Is some of the most shameless filling that you've ever you've ever heard. We'd burned through every note about every bit of trivia. We'd made every link it was possible to to make. We'd talked about form. We'd talked about plans for the future. I asked Jamie if he was going out for Halloween. We'd got through everything. And at that point, the the abuse started rolling in on text, and we're like, right, we might as well just lean into this. And uh, so yes. it was thinking on our feet and taking it in turns to try and work razzmatazz. Or that that was that was good. That was very well worked. Then uh, I went in. Uh, I went into Jamie's shop yesterday, and I was uh, just after meeting up with my mum for lunch. And I was standing talking to him and him and Tommy, and Tommy was howling at some of the stuff that he's managed to fit in. Uh, fair play because. I think if you said they did that to me at the game at Ibrox, I would have probably still been reading through the abuse for, for Rangers fans. You know, I, I don't think many Hibs fans were listening through in the feed. No, I don't think so. I've still, I'm not, I'm not saying this as in, I can't believe that everyone fancies me, but I genuinely haven't seen any proper abuse yet, and I'm kind of gutted. I was assuming that there was going to be a bit of uh, proper stick. To be fair, like we. I don't think any none of us actually have other than the you know getting just, called Neds or in between us and it was yeah. just Rangers fans and God I don't think they care. Yeah, I got <laughs> Um But beyond that, no, I don't think anyone's and then whoever it was that said that either Craig or Andrew had been on Trill. <laughs> <laughs> which we were all absolutely gutted to find out was Budgie Feed and not Crystal Meth or something. <laughs> oh. um, but, <laughs> I suppose we, we should go through the game itself. I thought we had a really good first eight minutes <laughs> until we conceded an offside. An offside actually, we, we, even after that, we did threaten for a wee bit. I think uh, both Main and the Younger both had both forced Marshall into a, I think it was two or three decent saves, but mm-hmm. we never really got gone. I think uh, I thought the offside goal would have maybe been a wee bit of a wake up call, it was for. I don't know, about 10, 15 minutes. Then after that, Hibs really started to to take control. But I said it before, I think some of our fans do need to kind of lower the expectations a wee bit. Like, we shouldn't sit under in a position, no matter how well we've started the season, to be going to these grounds and expecting to win because Hibs are still a good team. They do have a, they've spent a lot of money in the summer. They've got a, they had a very good core of squad still there in last year with, with players like Newell and Porteous. And it would maybe be a wee bit kind of just reaching for the stars a wee bit to say that someone should be going there and expecting me. There was 16,000 folk there and it wasn't a big wasn't a big crowd. No. Hibs are a massive team, man. Hibs are like four for, I don't know, them and Hearts can fight for the title. I mean, the Fourth biggest club in Scotland, but yeah. being realistic, are. their their budget is double, double ours. Oh, it's, it's just it's just mad. Definitely, like despite some of the stuff that was getting flung about the crowd on Saturday, like Hibs are still spending two or three times more than we do. Like, we spent nearly close to a million quid on on transfers in the summer. They're bringing in first team players that were playing Europa League football last year, like the left back, signing David Marshall to play in goals. Like you know, we're talking about. Play. Declan Gallagher is a kind of transformational signing, and he's a guy who had a you know a terrible a terrible year by all accounts last year. Who's a Scotland international, but until he got back in the squad this year, he was looking as far from the the squad as as Brophy, as Brophy is. And Hibs are going out to replace their keeper and signing the guy that was the keeper for Scotland at the Euros. And they got a bit, they got a better keeper than the fud for the last two or three years. So. Yeah, there is a you know there is a there is a difference there. Um, at the same time, I, I do just think all the stuff that makes is good just now was, was missing on Saturday and, and that was disappointing and, and that's stuff that we are in control of. You, you would like to think that we can swap a couple of bodies around to cope with injuries and you're not going to suddenly lose what you've got at the back. But from, from very early on, I thought we were just getting picked apart at the back and uh, Hibs had so many... We, I think the the difference in the first half, even though there was only one one goal in it in the end, and it was you know you know it was a contentious one, which we'll get to. 
you know, we each had chances, but Saman's chances were really, really hard earned and take, you know, like forcing David Marshall to make saves, which he, you know, he might not have expected to have to to make. Whereas Hibs just, we just gave them the run of our half, to be honest. They were Aye. sliding across the six yard box. And a lot of this stuff was coming for, I think you could obviously tell with Teague at half time that he probably shouldn't have, he probably shouldn't have played, but yeah. such is the kind of. Such as what you've got to do to, to field a team, and I think you can tell that Boyle and Cad and, and whoever I think one of the midfielders, I think Newell kept kind of you know Henderson it was it kept kind of drifting over onto that side that they were going by him every single time, and it was it was causing us a lot more a lot more bother than it was worth. I mean, don't get me wrong, the change in the second half never really made any difference when you're playing a right centre half at a left wing back, but uh, Hibs were just. Picked us off really easy, and you seen it with the offside goal that the pass for you was an absolute belter. But yeah. probably shouldn't be. You probably shouldn't be cutting through two or three players the way it did. I think just guys in the and in, in in home games up until now, we've faced you know tens upon tens of crosses into our box, and and people trying to play you know smart passes through and and you know pull people out of position. And I've not been able to do it, whereas it, it just didn't look like there was much resistance against it at all um, this time round, which is on us. I think it's not, it's not that Hibs are. You know, it's, it's, I think we've made Hibs look better than they are, very, but... very coherent and you know a very, very like solid attacking team. And in actual fact, I think on you know kind of on balance, they're they're in that kind of middle group of teams with us based on on form and all the rest of it, and we've. We've we've made them look like the third best team in the country. I think. Aye, I think there's there's a if we've got injuries at centre half, I, I can see the arguments for playing. Hey, a lot of people were kind of vocal about playing Sean. I say I had a Gogic like Gogic is an international centre half. That's where he plays for Cyprus, which is a higher level than playing in the SPL. Yeah, I get the the kind of I get why some people would want Sean to because he's obviously a. He's obviously been a, a big favourite, but I don't really think me Shaughnessy being in and starting them would have made too much of a difference. But I think that the main thing is there's such a drop off for Declan Gallagher and going back to yeah. having Shaughnessy or Gogic like playing on there. There's there's just such a difference that when Gallagher's in crosses can come in the box for fun all all day and we'll clear them every time without fail. But I, Saturday I think... just like just looked as if the big guy, I am not even going to attempt to say his name, by the way. I don't so, know how he's gone. Jamie spelt his name out phonetically on our notes as Kukarevich. And then the first time he had to say it, he just stopped and absolutely <laughs> bottled it. And, and I had to step in because he was involved in that first goal and say Kukarevich. And we're like, right, let's just say Kukarevich. And then... And that was based off the team line that we got from Hibs and all the rest of it. And then when he scored and his name went up on the scoreboard, they'd taken the K out the middle of his name. And uh, the announcer called him Kiarovic. So halfway through, we had we just swapped to calling him K- Kiarovic. Yeah, I, I really like to look at him. He's a big handful man, isn't he? He's, yeah. a, he's a really good big player. He absolutely. Kind of a young, it, he... similar to a young guy in a lot of ways, I think. Aye, uh, he's, he's a, a big handful, and especially considering he was originally almost signed to be a backup. I think they obviously yeah. spent a lot of money on that Harry McCurdy and expected him to be their number one striker. Uh, fair play to the big guys, came in and done really well. I thought he was probably his best player on Saturday. I was texting my, my mate's a, a season ticket holder that I used to work, I used to work with him. Uh, he's also an international hardstyle DJ, and I managed to get a reference to his tunes into the first 15 minutes of the commentary. Um, uh, which uh, which I sent to him today, and he was pretty chuffed. Um, but yeah, I was texting him, and, and he was asking. He, he was saying that Bashiri was his man of the match. Um, which is kind of hard to argue with. I thought he had a really good game, but I said that I would probably have given it to you and Henderson. And he Henderson he couldn't good. believe it. He was you know he said I just I don't think he's I don't think he's big enough. I don't think he's consistent enough. I think he's just a bit off at, at this level. Whereas I thought, given the space that we gave him, he was just at the heart of everything good. The, the hills uh, were done. Aye, I think uh, I, I don't think your pal's the only one that's that's actually said that. I think if you went on and looked at the Twitter comments when mm-hmm. even when Henderson scored, he's still taking a bit of a slagging for what was yeah. an absolute belt to a finish as well. Uh, but, he took his goal so, so uh, well. 
he's a player that I, I would have probably loved us to sign at the time, but I was um, I was impressed as well and didn't expect to be. And to be honest, the, the day was kind of like that. There was a list of Hibs players that I didn't expect much of, and they and they really stood out. Melkerson when he came on, I thought was a real a real handful. I said I said when he came on, I, I really liked the look of him. And I remember that I think it was the first time I seen him was when yeah, it's the first time I'd watched him was when he scored the two goals against Millerwell. It was either the Scottish Cup or the League Cup. I mean, for Park and the two finishes were like absolute dialed in proper number nine finishes, like proper striker stuff. And yeah. every every time I've seen him since, I've been kind of fairly impressed with him. He's a proper football manager signing, like signing yeah, think... a B team in Norway. I think he had a bit of the kind of grief thing about him, where he was brought in as a project. You know, at, at the time that he was signed, Hibs had Nesbitt, Storage, Nesbitt. Storage, um, and was it before Boyle coming? And uh, I no Boyle, Boyle would have been there. Boyle only left and and that, that's before, before he that. left. Sorry, so before you know it, he's brought in as like your kind of fifth option, and then similar to grieve with us, everyone falls away. And he's then expected to lead the line, and it would—it's easy to judge him based on that, and to say that he's maybe not up to much. But I think now that he's got more players around him, and you can bring him on for a bit of time, yeah, actually, I thought uh, he looked—he looked real quality. Uh, he, I thought I was was kind of fairly impressed with with Hibs in general, but I think let's say stop the Hibs loving before we get a, yeah, before we get chin for that and talk about the the bad that we done because you can't really talk about much much we done that was good. Although I'll probably before we got into the first goal, Trevor Carson made a absolute peachy save for Martin Boyle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of fairly early on, which was the he made a couple. Aye, uh, he did a great goalkeeper. A really, really good goalkeeper again. It, we're, we're lucky to have somebody like that. He he deserved a bit better than than what was in front of him at the weekend, to be honest. Been a been a couple of the losses this season that he's definitely deserved better. The, Especially the kind of the games against St Johnston, and people have a go and blame him for a couple of the goals in the Aberdeen game at the start of the season. But in the games, he's kept the score down in the end, and kept what was that point against really respectable against Kelly as well? That's that's his point. He should have got a win bonus for that one. Aye, big thing. But he had absolutely no chance with the with the penalty. To be fair, it was a, a fairly good penalty, even yeah. if it goes the right way. I've actually still not seen that back. Since uh, <laughs> since the game, I and mean, all the we did throw it open and say to text us if you were watching it, and you had the replays in front of you, and almost everyone came back and said it's not Tate's fault, but it is a it is a penalty. I I think when I watched it at the start, what what I don't understand me with VR is that you can go back and review the phase of play leading up to the penalty, but I don't know. I maybe just get the black mate tinted specs, and I thought that was a free kick on. On Tate, like a foul on him. Yeah. Cadden's jumped up with two hands, his back stopped Tate for jumping, floored them, and then it leads up to obviously Tate giving away the handball. But I don't, I, I don't under, I don't understand how VAR works up here because if that happened, um, I don't think the penalty gets given. Look. So, so that's where I think they're still trying to find their feet with it because if if that happens and Hibs score from that instead of winning a penalty, that would be pulled back and reviewed because it would be considered to be part of the attacking phase. Uh, and so that would be reviewed, and the goal would probably be chopped off on that basis. But there's nothing for in the in the rules and the usage of VAR for them to go back and review a play leading up to a penalty award. They're only there to review uh, the penalty award. It's not there to give individual fouls. It's uh, only yes. when they review goals. It's it's frustrating, and I can understand why they had to draw a line. But I think you're looking at two decisions in consecutive weeks, where the first one, I think you could put ninety nine refs, hundred refs in a room, and ninety nine of them aren't. Aren't calling it back for that, and um, and then this, which I think it's just the way VAR works that's kind of gone against it. You, I don't think you can necessarily criticise the decision for being given. The ref should maybe have just spotted the foul in the first place. Aye, it, it's just VAR's just going to show how how shite the referees are up here. To be honest, it's just highlighted their ineptitude kind of more. Like the one way the red card with Tony Watt. Yeah. Like, I don't really understand how a referee's went and looked at him on and thought, aye, do you know what, that's a red card. Yeah, when it doesn't make much sense to me. When he's about five yards away from him, or the one with a young girl, like, hey, the one for a youngest goal last week as well. I think it was, I've not seen them, there was a couple of dodgy calls with Kelly and St Johnston game as well, but it was brought up to to stop us having discussions like this. It was brought up to 
to stop making folk pinpoint referee mistakes as part of games, but here we are. I don't know the actual the actual penalty call itself. I don't really have many complaints with. I think uh, it's maybe harsh, but again, you can't have your hands outstretched. Don't get me wrong, the ball's flying out for about a couple of feet away. You can't move them. It's it's harsh, but by the letter of the law, it's a penalty. Yeah, I think um, I think it is what it is. I, and I think Boyle, generally speaking, had a really good game until he was forced. He was forced off. He's, he's a very dangerous player. And whereas in the home game, I thought Tate had him, had him in his pocket. This time, he, it was Boyle, Boyle that came out on top of that for sure. I, I, it, it definitely showed that Tate was the wasn't he fully fit? And when he was fully fit at the the home game, he, he done fairly well. And Tate takes it a really good season. He's had a bit of a, a bit of a renaissance, like kind of a bit of a rise back to his, his former standards. Obviously, I think he was really good against Celtic. I thought he was brilliant up against Abada and Jota and Aksabanovic when the three of them were kind of yeah. rotating and having a go on. Him. And I, it was just just a bad day at the office there for us all round, which we'll get to the last two goals. Yeah, the, I think uh, Gogic gets fairly, uh, fairly well pocketed by Kiarovic out for for Aye. that um, for that goal. That's regardless of your thoughts on whether Gogic is a centre half or not a centre half or or whatever else, shouldn't be getting thrown off the ball when he, at one point the ball's in his possession. Like, oh, all he's not... got to do is just knock it in the park. If you're knocking it for a corner or not for a throw, in, just get rid of the ball, man. Like, but even in the lead up to that, like. Shaughnessy's getting dragged out to places that Gallagher when they get dragged out to, yeah, which so. is then making more space open. I, I think even if he doesn't score, they might call it back for a penalty because Shaughnessy drags uh, drags Melkerson back in the middle. Like it's just it's there's so many so many mistakes in it for two guys that you don't really associate with make mistakes. I know obviously yeah. people have their, their thoughts on Shaughnessy, but it's not like him they get, get caught running. Nearly forty yards out for his own goal eh? for a, a nothing ball really. Like he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't need to be there. Like as for Ethan Bacchus and O'Hara to pick up, it's not for Shaughnessy to run it. And as you say, Goggins just fucking ragdolled off that big guy, man. Like and don't take it away for the finish. It was a an absolute belter. Left Carson with no chance and left us with no chance because we're not coming back for two goals done against the mm. end of the day, really. No, it was quite. It was quite flat by that point. I think we looked a bit ramshackle in terms of the amount of players that had gone off and people getting moved about. And the second, the, the third goal, sorry, I think it's a symptom of that. It's guys not entirely sure who they're supposed to be covering and where they are, and just not quite being at it. Um, Aye, I think Ostensefe, a younger giving the ball away as well, just hold on to it for too long, and that's when the whole counter attack starts. All he's got to do is just hit it out wide for. Hit it out wide for Maine, who was screaming for it, and he decides to kind of try and go alone. Like fair enough, believe in yourself, big man. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ever go for that. Unlike some of the strange stick he was getting when he was getting subbed off for people saying he was shite and never a striker. Yeah, bollocks. Aye, it was just um, we get caught out and yeah, I think if you, if you were having to pull that apart and be critical of it, then. You know, you've got Shaughnessy dragged out wide because um, Strain's not made it back yet um, to, to try and cover Melkerson. Melkerson gets a bit of a lucky deflection on what he tries to do and then um, the ball just rolls past Ethan, who's just slightly overcommitted into the centre of the box instead of watching who's who's there. Ethan goes off his nut when that goal goes in. He's... I don't, I don't know who he's screaming at in particular, but he is, he is shouting. I think first things first, his positioning could probably have been a little bit better, but maybe uh, that's part of the frustration. Uh, he's probably expecting better for, for those around him as well. But yeah, yeah, true. I don't think anybody can really have, have any complaints about the result, to be honest. It was a, a, after the second goal, and like you said, the game was just pretty flat. We get caught up in the park, tried to chase the game, they get a third in it. And after that, it was an absolutely shite 20 minutes to sit and be at the ground for. Yeah. And, and knowing that there wasn't even the option for us of packing up early and going was, no. uh, was, was pretty painful. I've, I've never, other than games where we've been a goal up and tense about it, I've never willed the clock to go down as much on a on a match as, as that. Uh, it's just, just one of the ones that you just want it, want it done, want back up the road and 
forget about it, but unfortunately, uh, we do a podcast, so we're not allowed to forget about games. We need to actually go back yeah. and hammer ourselves and watch the highlights a couple yeah. of times. To so, I, points, so. so I watched that live. I listened back to most of that commentary today so that we could edit it. And now I'm here on a Thursday night talking about it. You can tell uh, you can tell we we really wanted to speak about this game. Yeah. But um yeah, that's what it is. I think uh, I was going to bring up um similar kind of talk from Robinson after this one than there was to after the would it have been the Kelly game maybe where um he'd said just, you know, had a lot of a lot of off days, but no um, no excuses put forward as far as as far as I could tell, just an acceptance that this wasn't acceptable and it can't be ignored. There has to be there has to be, you know, better expectations than this. This can't be the uh, standard. Yeah. I think uh, obviously the, the away form seems to be a wee bit of a highlight. Like it's I don't think it's the I think the the most frustrating part's probably some of the performances rather yeah. than the actual results themselves because see if I'm looking at an away run I probably don't expect the, I don't I, not not probably about it. I don't expect this to beat Rangers, Hibs, or Aberdeen at their home stadiums because they're better football teams than us. Yeah, you don't want to hand over the points, but at the same time, you're not getting into those games and being disappointed. Aye, the, the St Johnston one was the St Johnston one was obviously a, a fucking boot in the balls. We should have won that game. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the United we we horse them, but I think Saturday's the. The real, the real kind of the real kind of marker to see where we are because if it's all fine and well picking up points for home eh, picking up points at home I think if you're really going to if you're going to push and consolidate a top six position and maybe even challenge for for one of the, the kind of Europa League spots and further fourth like you do need to make sure that you're winning once I, I don't know I don't know what the going rate for winning away games is like I think it's uh, it's just it's kind of it's hard it has, to it has to be better to, than one in five. Really, it, aye, it does have to be better than one in five. But at the same time, I think a lot the context of the teams you're playing needs to be looked at as well. Yeah, I think so. I think um, I think that's fair. Before we go on to to, to the Ross County game in a bit more detail, the talk of you know the, the talk of group chats, it seemed to talk of the supporters' buses in the away end. Of the game was that. Stephen Robinson was was potential on his way. I think his odds were in as, as low as one to two. He was one to two, aye. Um, I've, the last I checked, he was back out to eleven to eight, which was the same as as Michael O'Neill. Um, how uh, how do you feel about the possibility of him of him moving on? I think to be honest, I think see the the, the rumor obviously came in when I was on the the bus going to the game, but. I don't know. I still don't think he'll take it. I still think it's just kind of. I don't know what I mean. For some, some, some fans, it's just a bit wishful thinking for them, to be honest. Want them to go for some strange reason. I think we're, yeah. we're still at the point I want Robinson to go for for some people. But uh, I'm feeling fairly comfortable with it. I don't. I don't think he'll go. I still think they'll go. I still think they'll convince Michael and he'll take it, or they'll go for Neil Lennon. There's. I don't think that a, a football association that are blessed with a lot of money they're going to need to pay out what two two years worth of Robinson's two and a half years of Robinson's contract I think to get him. Yeah, to go. yeah. I mean so, you're talking you're talking. I would imagine for that you're talking grand. at least if not a wee bit more. Um, yeah, so I think they'd rather probably go and spend the rest of the money on bringing in somebody like O'Neill. Yeah, but Robinson's at eleven to eight just now. Michael O'Neill's at eleven to eight. David Healy's at eighty-one. I think he distanced himself from the from the job. No, David the, Healy. Yeah, it was the last thing uh, I read. I mean, I, I think I I can't remember if we said this on the podcast or just in general before or not. But you know, you know from having worked in the gambling industry for a while, it, you know, you're talking about some drunk guy with a few hundred quid in his account putting a bet on that, and it changes the price. It's not a it's not a measure of probability at all. But it, is, it generally is telling if if you've got. Two people who are down effectively odds on, and no one else is within any kind of distance. Then that's because there's sustained, sustained money. So I'd, I'd be surprised if there wasn't at least a conversation. But all the, the impressions that we got, and you know, you know, we're not in the middle of anything, but we asked around as much as we could, and 
there didn't seem to be any resignation from anyone that we spoke to that it was that it was immediate or imminent, I should say. So that's when you basically work at the club, you can fund these things fairly quickly. Yeah. Yes, my big time. I, I was at work the day, and I just turned to my right to the guy that runs the kibble and said, um, <laughs> first of all, thanks, thanks for paying for my season ticket again. I appreciate that." <laughs> and then also, any chance you could convince Robo to stay? And, and he said, "Sure thing, Mark. Anything he for you?" So. you. Aye, and then just walked out. Because they're, they're, they're paying for my, they're paying for my. Mark McMillan. Uh, <laughs> they're paid for my trip to Dingwall as well at the weekend, and they That's bought me and my mates Kasabian tickets. So good guys, good bunch of good bunch of guys. Yeah, don't absolutely. actually take that seriously like some people did uh, the last time we joked about about that. But uh, hi, Alan. <laughs> he doesn't listen anyway. That's what he says. Yeah, I think. Uh, uh... I, I I'm I'm not really too too worried about him leaving. I, I said it I said it all along. I think he's a wee bit too young, but I I'd imagine it'll maybe go as far as a phone call, but then no much after that. Yeah, you you've got guys that are available for for free. Obviously, Michael Neal's left his team. Neil Lennon's left his team. Tommy Wright's still hanging about, and he's been involved in that setup before. I know Tommy Wright didn't have a good time at Kilmarnock, but none of the three of them are bad managers. They're all. Oh. Well, realistic options. I, I can understand why you would go for any of the three of them instead of paying out hundreds of thousands to to try and entice someone else out of a contract. So I think we just need to to wait and see. If um if it does end up that it goes, is there anyone out there that you're excited about that's a realistic prospect? Neil Francis Lennon, <laughs> or Michael Neil or Tommy Ray. Just just Neil Lennon. Just. Uh... I don't care what anybody says. Having, I mean, Neil Lennon for the first year at every club he's at is fucking brilliant. It is rock and roll football. It is probably the most enjoyment you'll get. Gary Hooper, Adam Matthews, you'll get the oh, full band yeah. back together. I uh, just get get the band back together. It's after that, then it becomes an issue when you square going female chief execs at clubs and fighting with players in the training ground. and Yeah. Refusing to leave when things get bad, like aye, it, taking aye. everyone to Dubai, taking everyone to Dubai when we're in the middle of a pandemic, no one's actually able to go on holiday or leave the country. Forgot about that. I'm not allowed to leave my house, but Neil's putting away a couple of pints of Stella next to the pool in Dubai. You know, good, good stuff. But um, aye, no, I think on a serious note, that it's see when you actually go through like and think of people who you would possibly go for. There is not anybody, but then again, at the time when we were thinking of managers, I didn't expect someone to go for Stephen Robinson. So, yeah, the, the surprise is there. I think, um, short of the, the usual kind of stuff that ends up happening where there are outliers that you don't expect, the one name in Scottish football, at least, that hasn't been tarnished by having a bad job, haven't done a bad job yet, and, and will get linked to any time these kind of jobs come up, it's probably Kevin Thompson. Um, I, I think, uh, I don't think I could be asked with. It's the same thing that would happen if Neil Lennon took it over. I would I think it would be hilarious. Neil Lennon is my manager. Let's let's not cut it. It would be fucking brilliant. We'd all love it. But I don't think I could be arsed with the Celtic fans pretending to be our pals and commenting on all this stuff the same way Rangers fans would do it if we had Ken Thompson as a manager. It's good to see Neil back in a job, and this one's probably more his size at this Aye, point. And yeah, you can't be bothered with that. Aye, I can't be bothered with if Kevin Thompson was the manager, him talking about. I mean, I don't know. I'm guessing the club would put a stop to him doing fucking Rangers TV with Tom commentator and talking about Leon King. And well, he didn't stop Ali the Foy, so... Ali the Foy is a fucking shocker at the time, I'm sure. Yeah, seems to be. It's a real yeah. identity crisis, but uh, I don't... I don't know. Some, uh, some team at our level is going to eventually take a punt on Kevin Thompson. Yeah, he's us, just got that... I suppose it's one of those things where we'll never understand his actual his actual reputation. And I think should we at the stage we're at now be hiring someone off the back of a good a good year spent at Kelty Hearts with a you know, a kind of bully's budget to to, to to wrap up a title? Probably not. But I think his reputation does exceed that. I think there was surprise that he went that far down to take a job because he could have he could have got a job higher up and he seemed he's he's got his own academy I, I think he's a well-kent face and people seem to really rate him as a coach so 
Uh, Michael Beale yeah. really, Michael Beale really rates him. I think so. Yeah, and Beale's, Beale's another one with if if you're going to give Beale a, a job based on what he's done, then there, there maybe isn't that much on the CV. But actually, he's an intelligent guy, and it's now it's now bearing fruit that he's been given that chance. So I think I would rather it was Kevin Thompson. And, you know, if it, and you know, hopefully we're not in a position where we need to bring someone in. But if if we were, I would rather on the face of it, it was someone like Thompson, then you start getting the usual, you know, Jim McIntyre's and, right, and Tommy that's right. again, I don't actually know, does Scottish football in the top flight really have that sort of managerial merry-go-round again? Because like, yeah. I'm guessing, I'm guessing after Dunfermline, Yogi's pretty much done at the top level. Yeah, I would assume so. J- Jim McIntyre, again, sacked by Ross County. I think he gets sacked from... His last job before that as well. Uh, his last job because he's at Cove just now. He gets sacked from his last job before that. So yeah. I, I, I don't really think there is much a a merry go round the manager. So you kind of have to but, take a punt on someone a bit um a bit new, and and generally speaking, yeah. other than um you know the the boom and bust cycle of of former chairman just employing people's assistants, we generally speaking have not been bad at picking up coaches that need a first that need a first gig or, or whatever. I think uh, we've got the a bit first of a, break into a, a full time team I like yeah. Lennon, Goodwin and Jack Kearney. Ross. So Kearney's I, first full time job he kept us up, you know, I won't I won't have that forgotten or struck him from struck aye, from the big time. Aye, big time. Uh, We'll see what happens, but I don't think I don't think it's anything to worry about. We'll see this night, this time next week, you know. Uh, tomorrow morning, by the time the podcast out, he's gone and we're. Aye, be away, aye, be away, be clock, Brian aye. Rice is on your manager. Fucking hell, man, chipper. <laughs> what a man! Um, and that's a sorry. Right, you you are allowed to talk about Ross County now. How um how are you feeling about Saturday's game? I'm fucking buzzing, not for the game, just for the day. Uh, just to get absolutely like... rancid and all the way up. Aye, that's like Christmas for me. Uh, looking to see when when Dingwall is on the fish list, purely because I, I know it's like the same distance, kind of essentially you're out for the same length of time you go to Aberdeen, but it's a game you really should be aiming to win when you go up there. Like, let let's know, let's not get it like confused. Ross County are really shite. They're probably going to finish bottom of the league. I think they're piss poor. We should be getting up there and winning one or two now. I don't yeah. think there's. Um, I'm actually looking quite forward to see Robinson get a reaction out of the team, because after the nil nil against Kilmarnock, we did get a reaction. Yeah, I think actually after most defeats we've had this season, we've we've had a, a fairly decent reaction as well in the so. next game. So, aye, it's it's a a big game. I think if you if you want to finish in the top six, I think we've said this way every game we've played against the kind of teams that are you think are going to be in the bottom six. It's a game you need to win if you've got any aspirations of finishing in the top half and it'd be brilliant to pick up three points, hoping that Hibs and Aberdeen draw on Friday night. And, I mean, you could be finishing the weekend in third place. So, Yeah, I, mean, I think that's I think that's totally right. I think um, it's about where we see ourselves and where we want to be at the end of the season and, you know... We can have as many excuses as we want after it and, and justify it. If if we want to push ourselves up the table, we need to go to the team that's sitting where they are, where county are in the table, and be able to and be able to come back with points. If if we don't do that, then home form is only going to take us so far. You know, if, if you don't, if you're relying on your form in half your games, then you're going to be, you know, around that halfway point in the table at best. So, yeah, is, so um, I knew the current home rate of form. Fuck it, I go for it, continue it because I, yeah. I think we'll end up winning every game. But nah, you're right. I think it's not a it's not a must win. It's mental to say that, but it's a game that we really should be expecting to win. Yeah, I mean, if we win every home game that we've got left until the end of the season, we'll finish on fifty five points, which and we finished on forty, what forty seven fifty under Goodwin, so. Uh, do you know, I was actually looking at this the other day, uh, looking to see how many games you would need like, win to get you into the top six, or like, to get you in like, a, a good finish. And I, I think I worked out we would need to win like nine more games out of what we've got left, which, by the way, is 100% achievable. 
Yeah, and me saying that if we win all those games, that puts us on that point total isn't me and Celtic podcast style saying that I expect it to to happen. It's just that we could do that, which is incredibly unlikely. And if we don't pick up our away form, we're not getting anywhere near where we're we're trying to get to. I think uh, as well, it'll be good to see how we do this time. We can't go into every game against Ross County and expect someone like Richard Tate to score an absolute worldie to be the difference, I think. Aye. This would be a good game for Maine and Ayunga to have a bit more of an impact again for your guys like Bacchus and O'Hara to pile into the box and do what they've been doing. It's it's a Aye. game really well set up, given County's aspirations for playing a bit of football. It's a game really well set up for us to do what we do well and to, to put down a bit of a marker, I think. Aye, and having, I think having uh, Tanza and Dunn and Gallagher back really gives us that edge as well. Yeah. I think I'd probably only make... I'd, I'd, I'd get, I'd obviously had to, have, I would have Tanzer and Gallagher back in straight away. I think we're going to be forced to play Tanzer anyway, so I'd have him back in straight away. I think I'd, I'd probably make a change up top, and I do think he probably maybe deserves a go ahead of a younger, possibly. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be against it if a younger started, but yeah. if you're going to start Grieve and give him, he gives Ross County defenders a different, a different problem. And then if he burns his cell out, like, like it, what I'd imagine he would do, like a younger does, yeah. like Maine does, when it gets to 60, 70 minutes, if you're bringing on a younger, then you're going to cause a lot of bother. I think all that would stop me there is that I'm assuming it will be Baldwin and Yakovite that, that count to play at the, at the back. And my memory of Maine and... A younger against Yakovite, they just fucking battered them, man, every single yeah. time. I'd Aye. be hoping for something. For something. I'm, I'm still pretty pretty comfortable with you know Maine and Ayunga being guaranteed starters and Grieve being guaranteed a guaranteed sub um, because of what he offers I, th- I think you know I wouldn't I wouldn't be disappointed to see us go with the same I, I was going to say that you know I wouldn't mind a couple of changes to freshen things up but actually once you take you know swapping out Maine and Ayunga Ayunga sorry out of it then we don't really have many more you're not going to drop any one of Bacchus O'Hara or Erohan there. They're good. That's, that's nothing to do with the guys that could come in not being good enough. Like it's yeah. just such as the way we've been playing. I just trust them. I, I fully trust this Samantha to go out on Saturday and get a result. Yeah, I think um, Maine or Ayunga probably is the most realistic place if you did want to, to freshen something up. I, I think I would just about fall down on the side of keeping the two of them in Aye. and seeing what they can do. But um, yeah, well. Um, We'll see how it goes. I think a uh, couple of other bits of news that, that I guess we need to to cover off before we <clears throat> excuse me before we finish up. Um, we can talk about Smiza in a second, which we've done a lot. But I think um, I'm sure I'm fine to speak for both of us. We see how good it is to see Paul McNeil get the shout for the the Smiza appointment on the club board. Yeah, you'd be Aye. very very hard pressed to find anyone who's got a, a bad word to say against Paul and someone support. He's a very well kent face and. His passion for it's just very, very infectious. Aye, superb, and it's I think one of the most important things as well. If you look at his CV, he's he's worked at the SFA for over twenty years now as well. He's yeah. the head of community development. He's on the board of the charitable foundation. He's in the mould of exactly what we want to be bringing in. And I, I just said he's a a really good guy. I, I'm guessing he'll have absolutely no problem in getting the getting the votes for the. The Spicer membership. Yeah, you would expect so, and I, I, you know, he's a guy that would potentially win a popularity contest amongst the support. He's just that you know, he's he's not shy and and putting himself out there. That I think we were all pretty unanimous in loving the terrace segment that he did for the, yeah, for the TV show. It was brilliant. It's you know, quite emotional. I, I, you know, I'll hold my hands up and say that. The, the stuff he's he's done before about his dad, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and the work that he's done for you know suicide prevention charities and tiny changes and I can't remember the name of it now, but the, the Scottish Football Initiative um, for suicide prevention that they, they released the the you know the the white purple and, and green um, football shirts and released those interviews. His I think his interview if, if I remember correctly was with is it Aaron Connolly the the, the guy that runs the. Hey, uh, I, the name's totally escapes me. But, but I really get you talking about. Runs the, the kind of mental health initiatives for, um, for for Scottish football fans and stuff. That that stuff is really really emotional. You know, stuff like that can get me quite, 
quite upset at the best of times when it's when it's done in the way that it, that it was done, and and that was just brilliant for the positive and the negative. It's a sad story, but what he's turned that into and what he does is is just so impressive. So similar to Lasley and, and what he's been involved in in that front before, I, I think the more people we get like that involved with things at the club, who've got a real passion for it, who get a passion for the town as well, it's just a really really good thing, and I I really do hope. Not that he needs it, that that'll all go through as we expect it. He's a, a really, really good name and face to have on that board. Aye, big time. Looking forward to looking forward to him getting involved. Talking of things that we unanimously support. The uh, <laughs> the um <laughs> the, the, the Smizer the Smizer board elections are now are now in as well. I think um none of us want it to go badly, right? No one's, it's not as nah, if no one, any of us are going to change who we support or, or what we're doing now off the back of, of that happening. These guys have all stood because they think they've got something positive to offer and there's something maybe that needs fixed that they're capable of fixing and see if that is there and needs to be fixed. I wish them the very best of luck in fixing it because it's in everyone's interest. I just don't know that we'll ever agree on how it was done. And... Aye, I think uh, I think the, the main thing I really took away from it other than Gilmore getting back in was I was just really gutted for Jack and Stewart to be honest uh, 100% Jack and Stewart not getting on I think uh, Div Div said it right on Pine Bovro I think there does need to be a wee bit of a restructure I think in Smy City get guys like that involved because yeah, they they're, they're, they're the future of the club and I, I think I think there does need to maybe be a wee bit of a restructure to try and see what more they can do to get younger people involved because it's just going to put, I think if anything, it's just going to put young people off going for it. Mm-hmm. I think, I, think um, they, I just don't think it helped that they were going up against four guys that are, I mean, well, three guys that are universally liked when the support, like obviously Kenny, Wally and John, the three of them are really nice guys. They're, they're recognisable faces. Obviously, Gilmore's a wee bit more uh, divisive. Uh, I a wee bit it's like man might and either like me you don't like we, we've we've I mean we've all said our opinion on it there's no point in getting in going on about it but I I think I just I think I was really gutted that the two either, either one of them I think I would have been happy with one of them getting involved but yeah totally I think it should be noted as well you're talking about Willie Willie Bell there um, I did notice on Twitter that he'd said already that there should be an olive branch offered out to, to guys like Jack and Stuart you know, specifically then, but also to get them involved in Smizer meetings now so that by the time um, you know, there's, ne- there's, uh, there's next elections or there's a restructure and things change then then I think they'll, they'll be better placed and, and maybe more well known at that point and they can flesh out their, their statements for getting on there but I, I'm sure I said this last week but it bears repeating just the confidence to, to be able to step up into such a, you know, everyone's got an opinion, you know, and, and I'm including us in that. We're talking once a week and then sticking out on Spotify and a thousand of you are listening. Like, you're going to have an opinion on stuff to put your, your to put your neck above the, the line for that kind of thing, to write a statement where you're, you know, you're you're selling yourself to, to do that and to throw yourself open to the opinion of all these people. It's a really impressive thing to to do when you're, you know, you're a couple of uni students and I think to have the love for the club that they obviously do to have the you know the, the confidence but also the, the I guess the intelligence to, to put it across and to be realistic I mean you're talking about Stuart was within 100 votes of Stuart Gilmer less for, for, uh, it's like what 70 70 80 votes of a difference and that and he's, he's what 22 Aye. you know that's a, that's a really impressive thing and I hope that they're not disheartened by how this one went in their Encouraged to to keep pushing and getting on to the on to the next one. I, I, I think if it was any other time, I think one of the two of them would have got in. No problem. I think just such as the way that the rumours have been kind of going about, I just don't think it helped their case at this moment in time. Yeah, people want which is shite. It's, quantities. Aye, which is it's shite, and it shouldn't really be an issue to be honest. Because I think a lot of the people's excuses were oh, they're, they're not old enough to hold the board members to account. Like, I think that's all the shite. Like, I think that's completely irrelevant. I don't think it matters how old they are. I think they would ask the right questions. But also, don't think that's say, the entire job either. No, it's not. It's, the the Smizer board's job isn't just to hold the club's board to account. It's to represent the fan base. It's to nice. it's to come up with decisions and to to make decisions that are in the interest of the club 
that for now and, and for the future. It's there's there's so much more to it than just being able to ask the right accountancy questions. I, uh, I think you're it's, not it's ingenious. The, you're not going onto the beaches of Normandy that some folk are make like it would have just been really nice to to have one of yeah. the at least one of them involved. But as we say, hopefully. Hopefully, they, you know, well, well, I think well, he's one of the. I think when you first think of Spicer, he's one of the first names that comes up. Hopefully, I think if he's obviously talking about getting a, a wee bit of an olive branch out there to get them involved, and hopefully they, hopefully they can do something for that. Yeah, I think we're in a position where maybe people don't understand what's been going on with with Spicer, and I think there's there's two sides to that. I think there's been that that kind of long term. Call it criticism. That's maybe a bit unfair, but that long term, you know, kind of interest in hearing more from Smiza and hearing more about what they do, and you know, maybe the membership being a bit more involved. But for that to happen, the membership need to get involved, and I, I don't think they they necessarily do. And then on the other side of that, there is, you know, the meetings that get called and the pressure that gets put on people and and everything else out with of of that that which we'll never know the full details of and understand. So if we can get ourselves to a position where things are just a bit more open and transparent and we know exactly what we're doing and if that means there's someone on that board and it is Stuart Gilmer who's nominated to be the one that you know goes in on the, the club focused stuff then great there's other jobs that Smiza need to do Aye and bear in mind like obviously we've all been fairly well probably me more than most like I don't agree with the guy being involved I don't like I don't have an issue with him personally I just don't think it's in the best interest of the club to have him involved but I do not want him to fail at his job because ultimately if he's failing at his job then Spikes are failing but nobody wants that like yeah, totally. I, I hope if there is issues at the club and he goes in and he plays a hand in solving them then I like fair enough I, I really do hope he does well at his job but we'll see we'll see what happens yeah I think um I'm happy for that to be the last day. Uh, the last time we mention it ever, I think, for, for a while, I, I think we've got there. And I think when it all boils down to it, regardless of who you wanted to vote for or who you wanted to defend or what you think is going on, everyone just wants someone to be a sustainably run club with a good team on the park. No one wants, well, maybe maybe some people do want something to moan about, but Everyone, everyone just wants that at the end of the day. So if we can get through all of this and back to just wanting the team to do well in the park and not having to worry too much about other stuff, then I think that's a victory. So we, um, we'll speak about it again there uh, once the Royal Rumble happens on the seventeenth of November, uh, otherwise yeah. known as the the AGM. So my intention is to sneak a couple of makes into that and record the whole thing and put it on the Patreon. So oh fuck, I the Patreon get that released full belt. No, no, that'll be on the Patreon, and then you'll have all these. Chumps throwing their three pounder for the first hopefully time. They hopefully they do it right at the end of the month as well. Yeah, twenty seventh, and then that's you know, that's six pound off you. Um, Cheers! Thanks for playing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that's us, and I think I'll be seeing it this week, and I'll probably be seeing it next week as well. Never miss a chance. Fuck Malky McKay. Oh, facts! I forgot we were playing that uh, racist tit at the weekend. <laughs> Fuck Stuart Kettlewell. Good, uh, good call. And also, you can buy merch off our website, and you can read us on the BBC, and you can give us three pound for Patreon. You can go buy a, beer off Jamie. It pays like craft beer co. Buy gear off Jamie. Well, I don't know, know that's what Jamie was getting into, but uh, it depends who you are. I know that some <laughs> uh, some, some might might be interested in that. That was a slip of the tongue from me. That'll be his business, uh, his business relationship with Livingston. I think yeah, he's managed to sort of. Could be, could be, could be. But uh, yeah, see you later. Bye. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.